Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Unscripted, presented by Be Unique Magazine, because an authentic life is unscripted. Be Unique is a 501c3 charity that works today to change tomorrow. Learn more at our website, beunique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Did you know that Be Unique is a free, non-profit publication? We work today to change tomorrow by bringing you truly amazing guests like the one we'll introduce tonight and by highlighting stories about people all over the world who will astound you. The free digital version is available 24-7 at BeUnique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Welcome, 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 everybody. My name is Mary Brotherton. I am your host for tonight, and with me, I have my co-host and partner in Be Unique, Jennifer East, and our guest tonight is a very special lady. Her name is Allison Sawyer Current. She is called The Dog Lady, and she has a book out called The Dog Lady of Mexico. It's also a bestseller, but Allison has more than a book. She has a passion. And she has a nonprofit called Isla Animals. As oh, this is a way for her to offer spay and neuter clinics, low cost or no cost, veterinary services, educate owners of, of animals, and uh, a whole lot more to help these this very very poor area of Mexico. And tonight we're going to get to know Allison and learn why she's doing this. So hello, Allison. Hi. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Um, first, I want to ask you, what happened to your plans to reti- retire to a nice, quiet island life? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's what my family's still asking me. <laughs> I don't After know how what happened to me. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> wow. I always say I got hit by a dog stick. I don't know. I'm a potter. I was a potter for 30 years, and um, I came down to to relax and enjoy the ocean and make pots, and uh, I just saw the condition of the animals, and I couldn't stand it. I had to do something about it. Um, what island are you on? It's called Isla Mujeres. It's a small, five-mile-long island that's just off the coast of Cancun, Mexico. Okay. So you've got this big city of Cancun and then the tiny little island of people living different lives, I'm guessing. That's perfect Um, description. Yep. You said the island is five miles long. And I know that you had told me before that people walk to your clinic where is your clinic located on the island, and how far do these people have to walk to get to you? Uh, well, actually, I had the rescue um, at my own home for the first 12 years, and we built a house in uh, on the island, and 
much to my poor husband's chagrin, we started taking in dogs that needed help. And at one point we were up to 65 dogs. So, Whoa. Uh, I know. I mean, is that insane or what? <laughs> so, uh, um, and eventually we we had to, the neighbors were complaining. We weren't very popular, I can assure you. And so the government was appreciated what we were doing for the island and gave us a small space right in the middle of the island. So, so if, if, you the were island's, let, if, if the island's five feet long, then people only have to walk two and a, only have to walk two and a half miles to get to you. That, yes, but there's there's a plethora of taxis. There's no problem with getting anywhere on this island. It's, it's pretty easy. Will the taxis let their the people come with their animals? Oh no no no! They come and walk their animal. They come and walk our animals. We usually have at this point now that we have this the rescue in this building mid island. We usually have a minimum of a dozen up to thirty five animals that we are fostering in the building and people a tourist come and they they love it they come in and they get to know the animals and then they walk them walk them down to the beach and they just love being a part of it and the animals and it works for the animals too because it socializes them and they get used to all sorts of different people it's it's a perfect situation really works well do you only work with dogs no, we work with cats too. Uh, we have uh, we have cats in foster, but we can only have dogs in the clinic because our clinic really is one long room. That's all it is. Uh-huh. So I mean, some poor cat would go out of its mind in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that to a cat. <laughs> well, but, um, yes. You you said that these are foster animals. Who adopts them at any point? Um, well, we managed to. It's been 20 years, and we get we take very good care of our fosters, and we make sure that they're fully vetted. They are all spayed or neutered. They are all have three vaccinations and a rabies shot. They're dewormed. They don't go anywhere unless their skin is perfect. Um, they, uh, they're very healthy by the time they're ready to go. And then we send them either to rescues in the United States or Canada that we trust. Or people come down and while they're walking a dog, they fall in love with them and they take them home. Oh, so we, yeah, we find a lot of homes that way. I think that's how Jennifer got her two dogs, just falling in love with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, yeah, they're both rescues. Yep. Oh, are they from where? Uh, Florida. Oh, oh, but did they start off in Florida? Or did they, did they come know, into a... One, one actually, um, this is terrible, but we, we did, before I even really knew what I was doing, um, we wanted to get a certain breed. And so we went out to a quote unquote breeder in the middle of the state of Florida. And this person had, I am not kidding, close to 200 dogs on their property. And we, I, I was there with my four children. They were all little, they were all in elementary school. And she brought out a basket full of puppies. And 
Oh, my daughter started crying because she wanted one so bad. And in my heart, I'm thinking to myself, I am not going to support this, this activity that she was doing. I actually wanted to leave and report her because I just thought this is awful. But then my kids were like, we have, we got into the car, we started to drive away. And then my kids, one of, I don't know if it was my daughter or my, one of my boys, and they just said, we have to go back and rescue one. And so Aww. we went back and we got to see the condition of her mom, of the dog that we got, her mother, and she was all full of mange. She looked awful, overbred, just one of those horrible stories. We did end up with Tiki. We still have her. She's 16. (laughs) Oh, well done. This little dog has had like nine lives. And, um, but we did, when we got home, I, I went to the, the vet and I, I made sure that she, it was reported where we got her and the whole situation. And, but it was one of those things, you know, um, you just feel terrible. And I wish I could have taken more. Um, and oh. she was charging a lot of money for these puppies. Well, you would have ended so. up like me if you'd taken more. You would have had 65 dogs at your house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't. What, and what is, what is your husband? Or do you still have that many dogs at your house? Or, or have, has it, have, have the numbers gone down? Well, no, we 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 don't have the dogs at our house anymore. Um, okay. We have a, a hotel a, hotels around us, and we're one of the only private houses on um, the north beach of the island. And the hotels weren't too crazy about us with all the barking dogs and things mm. like that. So, um, so we have this area, and we can really only have up to about forty dogs in there. Um, sometimes Holy we've 40. had, yeah, yeah, well, and that depends on the size because we have two sections, one for puppies and one for grown dogs. And we really don't take a lot of big dogs because we just don't have space for them. And big dogs, they just don't do well in kennels. You know, our, our dogs are out and playing with each other all day. That's what they do. They get out, they get socialized, they play all day, but at night they are, they sleep in kennels and um, big dogs don't do well with that. Uh, So um, we have maybe 40 and sometimes we'll have 20 puppies, but that's, that's big. That's big. That's high. (laughs) That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow. And how many volunteers do you have? Um, uh, I have, there's three of us that are on, actually four of us that are on the board of directors. We're a 501c3 and three of us that are active. And um, the, so that's my three main volunteers, Trina and Anna and I. And then um, we have tons of volunteers. We have people that have been coming down for years. And every time they come down, they write and they say, what do you need? And they, they'll, they'll go bring, bring us shampoo. And it's, it's really, it's just wonderful. And, um, you know, and, and people are like old friends now. They've been coming down so much. So, and, you know, and then they'll adopt one of our puppies. And this is really funny because when we, get, when we have a litter of puppies, we always name them with a theme. So that we can okay. remember, we can remember who they are. Like we got a litter of puppies from the uh, fish co-op, so we named them all after fish. <laughs> so <laughs> that when somebody says, you know, that I adopted orca, 
<laughs> I, I can think to myself, oh, that's one of the fish puppies. <laughs> so it, it helps us to remember. But, yeah, so no, we have. Of, I was yeah. going to ask you what kind of themes you've named your puppies after. Oh, we, we start running out of them. We got I got vetoed on the last one because the, this woman gave us this dog who's sitting at my feet. Uh, and her nine puppies who were three days old, and she mm-hmm. lied to uh, the one of the women who clean up at the clinic, and so and so she took them in, and so we were going to name them after famous liars, you know, like Lizzie <laughs> Gordon and and <laughs> all these liars, and I got completely outvoted on that. They said it was far too <laughs> negative. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they named them after another theme, but we've used everything. We've used gods, you know, Apollo and and uh, a whole litter of gods, and how we've just cars. We had a litter of cars. We had a litter of chocolate bars. I mean, we have had everything. It makes it fun. And then it also keeps track of, like you said, when 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 the puppies go out, you'll know what group they were with. Oh yeah, and we have a website called um, um, Isla Animals um, Family Album, and people get on there who have adopted animals from us, and they will they will um, get together with people who do- adopted animals from the same litter, and they'll start talking, and oh, it's just it's so much fun, it's it's really great, and it's all very positive and. And people stick together. And, of course, there's lots of very sad parts, but the adoption part is the really great, fun, happy times. That is really neat to hear. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a little break, but when I come back, I want to talk a little bit more about your um, free spay and neuter clinic. So get your thoughts ready on that, please. Okay, I will. If you like the show tonight, let us know. Call 321-417-4309 or email mary at beunique.org to ask how you can sponsor the show. It's simple and doesn't have to cost much at all. Visit beunique.org for even more details. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Join the global world changers who already know how Be Unique helps bring together like-minded humans who are making the world a better place. Read the magazine and blog posts, watch our videos, listen to our podcast, and visit our social media from one location and let's work together. Change tomorrow by finding solutions today. Visit BeUnique.org to learn more. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Welcome back. I'm Mary Brotherton, and I'm here with Jennifer East and Allison Sawyer Current. Jennifer is my co-host, and Allison is the founder of Isla Animals, a nonprofit organization that sponsors spay and neuter clinics in Mexico. So I want to know more about your clinic. How often do you have that? Well, we used to have the spay and neuter clinics twice a day or twice a week. We would every Tuesday and Thursday, and they're completely free. Anybody can walk in and get their dog spayed and neutered, and we sponsor it because that's the the best way to avoid sad 
street dogs is to just not have them be born in the first place because there just are too many of them and there's not enough food and love and care to go around for the ones that are already on the streets. So we um, we really promote spay and neuter. And so we do, We today was one, now we do one day a week and it's Thursday. So today was our spay and neuter day and we did 16 animals today. And okay. it, uh, yes, with with two vets, and I mean our vet can our vet is amazing. His, his name is Arturo, and he's just incredible. And he can do up to thirty dogs in a day because wow. he 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 he's done it so often, and he's brilliant, and he's wonderful, and we're so lucky to have him. So we do that uh, every week, and then we also do a big spay and neuter clinic uh, once a year in an area called Rancho Viejo, which is part of this island, the municipality of this little island, but it's on the mainland, and it's very poor. There's no tourism. Uh, It's an emerging community, Um, and, you know, animals are attracted to people, and uh, yeah. We've been, and this is going to be our seventh annual spay and neuter clinic. We're really working on this area because you really can't have a a healthy community with uh, sick and um, mangy animals wandering around and and puppies on your street corners. It just, it doesn't go together, you know. It has to be a a whole picture. So um, we, last year we did uh, 1,200 cats and dogs in five days. Whoa. Whoa. uh, It's an extraordinary uh, thing. It's, I have volunteers that have been coming back for 15 years that, that look forward to this every year and get more involved every year. It's the most extraordinary thing. And we, um, uh, we rent a little house on the mainland and, we stay together and we've become friends and new people join us all the time. And we have up to, oh, 20, 30 vets and um, maybe 15 tables going at once, operating tables going at once. And people bring us their dogs. We also go out and trap street dogs. And um, our people will show us where there's a litter of puppies in the jungle. And um, it's just an incredible event. Everybody is coming together to with one thing in mind and it's just oh it's fabulous it sounds like it is how many animals would you say you've spayed or neutered in the last 20 years oh uh, I'd say 20,000 but you know the thing is that I'm not always responsible I mean I used to organize um, spay clinics and neuter clinics for groups that would come down. So I don't kind of consider that my own spay and neuter clinic. These ones that we do, um, they we get individual vets who are returning or new vets that are coming. They all have to be approved by our vet. They have to be fast. They have to make small incisions because these animals are going back on the street and they cannot have a large incision. And they uh, they have to be the best, and we uh, we try to take really good care of our volunteers and really good care of our vets and our vet techs and everybody who comes. And people just uh, feel really good about it. I mean, we work them to death. We just work <laughs> terrible the day 
days are so long and hard, but it's just worth it. It's wonderful. You must feed them very well. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. I used to be not so great. I used to resent it, you know, because I was so busy with the animals and getting everything ready for the animals. And they were going, well, feed me, feed me. And I was like, we're not here for you. You know, and I certainly have to learn that you have to feed people well if you want them to work that hard. So we have volunteers that now prepare food or restaurants that will donate a meal. But, you know, I mean, now we're up to seven. 75, 80 people coming for this clinic. So it's not easy to wow. feed everybody, but but we do it. And we a lot of people are vegan, vegetarian, you know, and we accommodate everybody. Wow, that's fascinating. Really On a little yeah. tiny island. And... Sorry, go ahead, Mary. No, it's okay. Go ahead, Jennifer. I was just going to say, it just, I mean, in my mind's eye, I'm trying to picture what you said, the, how big the island is. I lived on, on the coast, and I lived on an island as well, similar. Um, it wasn't much bigger. It, it sounds like, unless your island is really wide, but I was just trying to picture all that you're doing. Well, well these six-band neuter clinics are on the mainland. They're on okay. an area, in an area called Rancho Viejo, which means old ranch, and um they, they, we've sort of cleaned up the little island that I'm on. I mean, just doing the one day a week is, is enough to keep the population down. But this area um, near, it's north of Cancun, really needs help. And, um, and they're used to us coming now. And we have people that look forward to it that live there. And they come and volunteer and they help us. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's really great. And it, it, it's been a long time coming though. I mean, we, the first clinic we ever did, we, we were, we, we were plugged in to a wire. We climbed up the pole and got electricity from the electrical wire on the pole. And we were getting our water from this lady's hose. And I mean, it was, and we had tents and it was rustic as anything, but, uh, it's gotten better and better every year, but it's come a long way. So if you were to give somebody advice, let's say somebody's out there listening to what you're, what you're saying and everything. And, and they have this grand idea of doing something like this. What would you suggest they do? Oh, you know, I get asked that. I, <laughs> I suggest they think about it first. I mean, I didn't really think about it. It just kind of happened to me. It just rolled over. I don't know what I used to be obsessed with clay and it sort of rolled over into an obsession about dogs. And I could have planned things way better and uh, started from go and taken each step. But, of course, I didn't do any of that. I just kind of stumbled along. And uh, there weren't as many people doing animal rescue back then, so there wasn't that many people to talk to about the whole thing. This is I'm talking about in this particular area. There's lots of people working in animal rescue. Um, but in this particular area, there wasn't. So I would suggest that they go and do a lot of volunteering first and um, and 
pick a place where they they feel good about the culture because you really have to respect the culture where you're working. You can't come charging in and say, "I know the way it should be done." You just can't do that. You have to you have to uh, try really hard to work with respect and and understanding. And I mean, really, when you think of it, a, ran- a community on the mainland, they're poor. They have barely enough money to to feed their family or send their children to school, and dogs are naturally attracted to the this area with food. So the dogs show up. They there's no there's nowhere to take them to be spayed and neutered. There's very few vets in the area. Uh, they people don't have cars. Taxis won't pick you up with a a dog or a cat. So what are they supposed to do? I mean, you know, these animals start having uh, puppies and, and the population grows and uh, the, these people are really very stuck. And uh, so I don't fault them for uh, a lot of their attitudes, which are that animals are dogs are pests and cats are pests. And um, they haven't learned to really embrace them and take them into their homes and love them like family the way we do because they mm-hmm. they can't afford it. And they don't make that choice. They're just there. So right. I, I, I would really suggest that anybody volunteer and, and love the community you're working in. Yeah, I mean, our... Yeah, it is, and you know, our our logo is caring is global. Because I don't care where a cat or dog is from, I'll take care of it if it needs help. And so there's so many places people can go, and so they have choices where they can help. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, you were talking earlier about the the puppies, um, you know, the street dogs. And I, somebody told me that you never leave a puppy in the street. Never. 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 I would never because walk by a puppy. If that puppy's in the street, street, I'm assuming it's not supposed to be there. Well, it's, it's not often going to live. You know, there's cars and dogs fighting for food, and you know it's it's uh, it's not supposed to be there. It, it just uh, it's a bad place for a puppy. So yes, I never. I mean, there's lots of dogs that I have to walk by because I can't take in everything. But I would never walk by a puppy and leave it there, ever. And so- therefore, <laughs> I am. The crazy dog lady. <laughs> instead, of the, instead of the crazy cat lady, you're the crazy dog lady. That's right. That's right. I know some crazy cat ladies, but I'm the dog one. <laughs> so I have a question. Sure. If you were to go on vacation, do you first of all, do you ever get to get away from your island? And second of all, if you are able to go away, do you find yourself seeking out animals and wishing you could help them? Well, that's a good question. Um, I do get away. I'm actually Canadian, and I spend uh, two months in the summer in Canada. 
And what I used to do was get the population way down when I had it at my house. And uh, we had a uh, somebody who managed our house or took care of it, a groundskeeper, and he would take care of any dogs that were there, and we'd sort of shut things down uh, while I was away. But it's things have gotten bigger, and more people have gotten involved. So while I'm gone, things do slow down. Um, but they do continue on as well because there's more people interested, more people helping, more people to do things. It doesn't all uh, fall on me anymore at all. And well, that's really um, yeah, it's great because if I didn't, you know, because once I'm here, it's pretty much a 24 7 thing. You know, you don't pick when somebody's dog is hurt or somebody needs help. It's you just have to be available. But and what was your second question? So I just know for myself, like after I, I'm aware of a situation and then you see something like you're, let's say you're, you're in Canada and you're on vacation and everything, do you ever get that urge that you have to help if you see something, seeing an animal in crisis or something like that? Or do you even seek it out? Oh, well, I don't really see that in Canada. But you don't? Um, no, not where I go, uh, but, but where... Uh, <laughs> In the the I went and worked in the Dominican Republic for a spay and neuter clinic there, and it was horribly frustrating because I saw so many animals that needed help, and I didn't have the connections. I couldn't do what I do here, and I I couldn't I couldn't help them other than beg the people that were there to help them. So it was a good learning experience for me because a lot of times we have thought. Um, volunteer tourists that come and they find a dog and they they you know they say they're rescuing it but it ends up being left with us and we're really the ones that are taking care of it and um it it gives me more sympathy for people like that because you're you're really out of your element you don't you don't know what you can do and uh you need help from the people that are on the ground but oh yeah we used we drive through mexico all the time and I'm just, I just have mountains of tick and flea meds and dewormer and I'm just handing it out and putting it on every dog I see. Oh, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I'm all over it whenever we travel. You're like a, you're like a, a dog angel. Uh, <laughs> well, I've been called a lot worse things than that. I can tell you. <laughs> I had a <laughs> I had a friend who called me after I published the book, which is the dog lady of Mexico. And he called me and he said, you know, there's a typo on the cover of your book. And I said, oh, and I immediately went, oh, no, oh, no, what, what, what is it? And he said, they left out crazy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Because uh, that's, I, that's a good typo to leave out. Yeah, that's a good type of leave out. I was so relieved. But um, people around here used to think I was pretty crazy. But there, there's a higher awareness of animal, for animals here now. Everywhere. Everywhere in the world. Isn't it wonderful? Don't you see it? Coming everywhere in the world, there's a yes. much bigger awareness of, for animals. We, we and are, We're on the cusp of I, making changes. Oh, yeah. yeah I think that people are now finding, they're realizing that, you know, animals, they really aren't 
um, if you can't if you if you can't take care of them to the, the way that they need to be taken care of, um, they're not uh, a possession or a thing. They're living, breathing, beautiful souls with personalities, unique personalities, and people are just starting to get that. I mean, they're really starting to get that. Isn't it amazing though to think that they miss it? That's <laughs> what so was the hardest thing for me to get used to. How can you miss it? You know that know. they are feeling, breathing, uh, wonderful creatures, and and puppies aren't toys, and they're not for your children to play with, and and dogs wag their tail when they're happy, and you know they yelp when they get hurt. How can they miss all of that and think that they aren't living creatures with feelings and uh, much similar to ours, just in a different way you know i mean i it blows me away that people miss that well all well, just animals, because i mean just because they can't speak the same language we do you know when when you first went to mexico 20 years ago did you speak spanish no and that no. didn't make you any less of a person or a human than the people who did who lived there and no. the, the dogs and cats don't speak English or any language that we know of. I mean, they do speak their own language, but that doesn't make them any less valuable. No. And if you pay attention, if you're paying attention, you can really tell what's going on with an animal. Um, you know, we get strange animals in every week. You know, we have 16 to 16 today. We don't know these animals. We've never met them before. And yet we have to get them out of a crate and hold them while we give them a shot, you know, for the anesthesia. So we have to try and get to know them pretty fast. I bet. Get bitten. Yes. And, you know, there's lots of little tricks and ways and things to observe so that you, you know what you're dealing with. And uh, I just, people, you know, I think people just have a hard lives and they just don't have time for it a lot of the time. I'm trying to be sympathetic. Can you tell? (laughs) (laughs) You're like my mother. You feel that way. (laughs) I I want to be patient, but I want it now. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I don't want to sound negative. You don't. I don't think you sound negative at all. I'm going to take a little break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about, well, there's two couple things I want to talk about, but I want to talk about your book, I think, next. Oh, fine. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you prefer coffee or tea? This is a question we ask on our fun and informative millennial talk show called Coffee or Tea, No Phones Allowed. And why do I know? Because I'm Anna. I'm one of the co-hosts. It's a great time. It's a professionally edited weekly series that's free to watch on Be Unique's YouTube channel. That's B-U-N-E-K-E. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave us a comment with your topic or guest recommendations. We love hearing from you. And we are back. I am Mary, and I'm here with my co-host and Be Unique partner in Be Unique, um, Jennifer East, and we're with the Dog Lady of Mexico, author <laughs> and a nonprofit uh, founder, Allison Sawyer Current. Allison, 
founded um, Isla Animals down in, I'm going to see if I can say, Isla Mujeres in Mexico, where she has been, well, thank you. (laughs) She has been helping uh, give out free and low-cost spay and neutering, and as well as other medical needs to all the dogs that are in need of help down there. And apparently that's quite a bit, because it was enough for Allison to write a book called The Dog Lady of Mexico. So I want you to tell us a little bit about what it's about. Well, I I can't tell you how many stories I have. And um, it was the hardest part about writing the book was to figure out which stories to tell. And I started off writing it as a book of short stories because there were so many separate episodes. But I, I, it's not my favorite reading choice, short stories. So I really wanted it to be a novel. And um, it, it really is from 2000 to about 2010. It's the first 10 years of the, um, of the, the rescue. And um, the, the stories are, they're amazing. They're unbelievable. I mean, I just kept stopping myself every once in a while going, I can't believe I'm here. What am I? I wouldn't have believed this if somebody told me I was going to be here. And some of the stories are funny. Some of the stories are, are very sad. It's all written to, um, show a different culture, a different way, a way to help, a way to do something. It's, it doesn't preach. It's, Suppose it's a novel. It's supposed to um, entertain and inform, and I hope that's what it does. I'm really proud of it. Well, it I am wonderful. glad. It's a bestseller already, right? Uh, yes, it's a bestseller. I have to get them to put that little medallion on there. They haven't done that yet. Congratulations. That's, <laughs> that's not something everybody can get. That's pretty awesome. Well, um, thank you. I'm thrilled. Is it um, is it available as an ebook or is it just um, paper copies? No, no, you can get paper copies and uh, Kindle copies on Amazon. You just go to Amazon and and type in um, uh, the Dog Lady of Mexico, and it'll pop up, and you can either get one or the other. Awesome, because I was going to say um, book review for Gary for the magazine. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, he may already oh. have it. I'm not sure. Um, oh, well, if he doesn't write me, I'll send him one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I, I will do that. So Great. you said you were, you were talking about how you started out writing short stories and it became a novel. And you told us, you know, that you kept stopping and were amazed. But um, what was the best part for you about writing this book? Well, you know, okay, so this is interesting. <laughs> I think one of the reasons <laughs> I think one of the reasons I wrote the book was to try to figure out what happened to me. 
I, people always ask me, "How did you get into this? Why do you? Why did you? Why are you doing this?" And I, I still can't answer them. I thought writing the book, maybe I could answer the question, and I still can't answer the question. It was a, it, there, it was something that needed to be done, and I did it. But there's lots of things that need to be done, and I didn't do those things. So I still don't know what happened to well, me. Well, Alice, and let me ask you this. Uh huh. Does the rain need a reason to fall? <laughs> and well, I don't think it don't. matters. I mean, you know, Jennifer and I created the nonprofit, which is Be Unique, and it's grown beyond our wildest dreams. Um, oh, we started I'm so a year glad. and a half ago. And if somebody was to ask me, well, why did you decide to make your nonprofit? Are you still there? Mary? Allison? I'm here. I'm here. Allison's still there. Okay. I yeah, we're, both, we're both still here. There okay. she is. But, you know, I think that we, if we were all animal rescuers, there'd be nothing left for the other nonprofits. We, and, and one of the reasons that Jennifer and I do what we do is because well, I can tell you about that in a few minutes because I've got another um, pre-recorded thing I'll share with you. But I don't think we need to have a reason to do good, no matter what kind of good we're doing. And I don't well, think you should good. ever explain yourself. <laughs> well, I, I mean, so, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's good because I still haven't figured out what the reason is, so I don't have. Well, the next time, the next time somebody asks you. Why are you doing this? I don't need to have an answer for that. And Mary said so. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I love it. <laughs> that would be great. I'll thank you every time. <laughs> and, and, and they'll be like, uh, who is this crazy woman, Mary, and what does she know about anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Well, yeah, it's yeah, it works it, for me. It, it works for me too. It's uh, it's wonderful how it's grown. That that's been the best part for me. How it's sort of grown and exploded, and and only in the last maybe five years. And uh, we're very grateful to everybody who donates because we're all donation. We're completely donation based, and the more money we get, the more we do. And it's it's as simple as that. And, uh, yes, and I think it's that way with any nonprofit. The, the mm-hmm. more help we get, the more help we can provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No yeah. matter what. And kind people of are. Yeah. And people can be so generous. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. I want to also congratulate you on the Doris State Animal Kindred Spirit Award. Oh, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Just came out of the blue. Um, I was uh, I was so shocked by it. I, you know, I never did get to thank Doris in person, though. <laughs> but that I was very cool. honored. And I know this was several years back, but you were on the very first forum on small animal overpopulation in Mexico, right? That's right. Now, do they do That's this right. annually? Do they have this forum frequently? 
Um, I haven't even heard of one since then that was similar to this. Um, it had a lot to do with veterinarians because um, okay. uh, it used to be that the vets in the it, it were for farmers. So it really? was very much in, yes, they, 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 there really weren't a lot of vets for pets. This is 20 years ago. So this was an emerging um, need coming out to, for uh to take care of small animals in a medical way, you know, where it mattered enough, where it had a big, a big effect on the community. So you needed to do something about it. And um, before that, there was a lot of farm country and there were everybody had a ton of dogs running around and cats in the barn. And it wasn't that big a deal, but as the cities got dense and, and, um, and I mean, I'm talking a long time ago, but it's still what is an emerging problem. And they were trying to put their heads together and figure out what was the best solution. And really what came out of it was spay and neuter is the best solution and education. Right. And I know that you educate children, don't you? How do you we do have a that? coloring book. Well, we have a coloring okay. book. And we've just been asked by the government to come up with a program uh, for the kids, which we're very excited about, because it really does start with the kids. I mean, I'm just amazed when I see kids that are not treating animals properly, and I know that I could talk to them, but they've learned it from their parents. So if we can start with those kids, and they're going to raise kids that are kinder to animals. And uh, right. so, yeah, so we got to start. We got to start with those kids. So. Well, I'm going to take another break. Oh, go ahead, Jennifer. Oh, is it? I'll, I'll, I'll ask after the break. No, you ask now because I've got something really important I want to ask her after the break. Oh, I was just going to say I, I love. I'm sitting here looking um, at your pictures. Um, if you on Blog Talk, we were allowed. We, we were able to put up a bunch of pictures, and Mary did a great job of listing a bunch of pictures. I, you probably gave to her, and there's a there's a picture of a dog, and he's on a. It looks like on a sofa, and he's really really thin. Um, oh, do you ever has follow? Got a flower print in the back. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's Riley. Oh my gosh, that's Riley. You should see him now. Is there a picture of him now? I think you sent me a before and after. Oh, you did? Okay. I haven't, I, I, well, if he looks a lot different, then I wouldn't even know what I was looking for because he looked so immense. Um, I can't even say the word. Um, really thin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, and, and a lot of great pictures of you working with actually with the people and, and the lots of children, um, and so, I mean, I just, I've been sitting here as you're talking and stuff. That's how I can picture, you know, where you are and what you're doing. So of uh, the listeners, if they are at all interested, they can go and look at all these great pictures. So, but there is so yeah. somewhere in one of these photos is, is um, Riley healthy, which I'll, I'll, I'm now I'm searching <laughs> to see if I can see. And I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sitting on a log. That, right. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <gasps> cannot recognize him. No, I would never have known that was him. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? Yes. I know. It makes me grin just to think you're looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
why I, I hope well, the listeners will take a look at it. So, yeah. And a lot of these pictures will be in our December issue, along with the story about the the, the crazy dog lady of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I love so I love crazy. your. I love your book cover as well. Like I've seen it about uh, five times now. So, <laughs> isn't it gorgeous? I love yeah. it too. Oh, I just think it's so pretty. I cannot believe that's the same dog. Sorry. Okay. So, Mary, go ahead and do your, go to your. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my little quick break, and we'll be right back with Allison's okay. Sawyer Current. I'm inspired to give back by the many individuals who are making a difference and taking steps to make the world better. Many people are tackling problems by themselves and thinking they are all alone in their efforts to make a change. I want them to know they are not going unnoticed. The world is watching. I'm part of a team helping to project their voices on a global scale. Small charities and solo entrepreneurs are doing amazing things but don't have the budgets to market themselves. Like many people, I once struggled in a variety of jobs I didn't care for, so I decided to find a new way to give back, to pay it forward, and to be the change. While some people my age are considering retirement, I've joined other professionals to create and manage a nonprofit organization called Peace Corps. The words that create our name tell only a small part of our giving story. We are philanthropists, educators, activists. We are compassionate, evolving, charitable, optimistic, responsible, and enthusiastic. We created Peace Corps so we can use our natural talents to help others. We work with nonprofits, individuals, and for-profit organizations that have a philanthropic outlook. Peace Corps uses several tools to give a voice to those that otherwise might not be known outside their small local circles. Be Unique Magazine is released monthly and printed on demand. This digital interactive publication doubled in size within five months. During that same time, it attracted almost 60 volunteers from 12 countries and across the USA. These volunteers are professionals. They're performers and writers, editors, researchers, videographers, photographers, crew members, and so much more. Coffee or tea, no phones allowed. This fun show is hosted by millennials and provides insight into what they're thinking but it's by no means intended to appeal only to that generation, as evidenced by their topic and their guests. Because our volunteers know that we are giving 100% of our beings to this organization, they are meeting us on our terms. Nobody earns anything, yet we all work as if we are earning six-figure incomes. That is the epitome of giving. Curating the stories and creating a high-quality literary-style publication that not only highlights the good work of others, but projects positivity and inspiration gives me purpose. By giving myself to this organization, others want to give to Peace Corps. We have created a global giving circle. And we are back. This is Mary. I am with Jennifer and Allison Sawyer Current, the Dog Lady of Mexico. She's the author of The Dog Lady of Mexico, but she also is the Dog Lady of Mexico. Um, <laughs> we've been talking with Allison. She's an award-winning writer, a best-selling writer, um, the founder of a nonprofit organization that is helping spay and neuter and take care of the health of animals that are wandering the streets 
of a tiny little island near Cancun. And we have learned a lot from Allison tonight. Have we not, Jennifer? Definitely. I know I have. Um, I wanted to make sure that, and we've got about 10 minutes, but I want to make sure before time is up that we um, talk about your GoFundMe account. Would you please tell us a little bit more about that? Um, the GoFundMe, we, uh, that it is the same one that we had for last year because we decided to continue it because it's all the same project. And it is made, uh, it was set up to raise money for our Rancho Viejo clinics, which we do once a year. And um, all the money goes towards organizing it, the buying medicine, um, uh, everything it takes to, we actually have figured that it takes, we pay about $20 an animal. Um, because we use a lot of donated supplies, a lot of uh, donated um, everything that we need. And so um, that's where that money is going to. So $20 will spay or neuter a cat or a dog. And I think that's pretty amazing. I, I'm really proud of that. Yes. That, that is a very frugal way to take care of those animals. It, so, it, and it... It works, yeah. How can people find your GoFundMe? They can go to islaanimals.org and they can donate to the clinic, our, our rescue clinic, or they can set up a monthly donation, which is my personal favorite because knowing money's coming in and regularly makes an enormous difference. And then, or they matter. can. It doesn't matter if it's just $5. Oh, no, that's our whole goal. Yes, it's less people, less money from more people. Because generous yeah. people have lots of causes. And so, you know, our average donation is $15, $20 a month. And, uh, or, you know, and $5, we're thrilled with $5. We're thrilled with anything. So uh, the monthly donations are huge to us, but any donations are huge to us. And we keep it, we just keep it separate. The GoFundMe is for the Rancho Viejo Clinic, and the either monthly or regular donations goes towards taking care of the dogs at our rescue. And we do outreach as well. I mean, we, we, if somebody's dog is hit by a car and they can't afford to take care of it, we will do that. Um, we'll do pretty much mm-hmm. anything that that's needed that we can afford. Sometimes that we can't. I, <laughs> I, I think there should be angel wings on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, calling it the Dog Lady of Mexico, there are um, many people working, taking care of cats and dogs in Mexico and horses and watching out for the animals. And it's really um, their personal stories, but it's really illustrating the effort that it takes to make a difference and that there it's I'm not trying to say it's all me there's many people having similar experiences working as hard as I am and it's all making a difference so it's um it it's sort of it's dedicated at the back to all the people who work to take care of the animals and everywhere in the oh. world yeah and like we were talking about earlier it is a global um 
movement that we're in the middle of right now. The world is changing, and we have to change with it. And we have to protect those that cannot protect themselves. Absolutely, because it it, it reflects back on us. As I said, you can't sure have a healthy community and have unhealthy dogs running around the street. It, it it's it just doesn't that doesn't work. That's not a healthy community. It, it's it's all encompassing. It has to be done all together, and the attitude has to be for people, for animals, for for a clean environment, for everything. It it has to all work together. So exactly, that's, that's, we we were put here to be the stewards of this planet, and oh, we I haven't agree. been good stewards lately. No, what are we doing with these big brains we're supposed to have? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, we, there's there's a lot that needs to be done and fixed. That's for sure. But I'm always amazed at people who, you know, sometimes people say to me, well, why should I donate to Mexico? And my added, my, my thing is caring is global. I'm here. If you donate, I'll use that money to help. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to donate somewhere else, that's okay too. You know, but um, it's it doesn't matter where you donate it. It's all helping the same thing. Exactly, it's making the world a better place. It's working today exactly. to change tomorrow, and yep. it, mm-hmm. it's so important that we realize that our world is not just the little space that we occupy in our oh. little town or home or whatever. Our home is the entire earth. Right. And it's getting smaller with mm-hmm. all the yep. social media, with all of the communications, everything. It's It seems like a smaller place. It, it, it does is, seem that way. How do yeah. I find you on social media, Allison? Um, I have a Facebook page that's called Isla Animals. And I try to post on there every day. I I haven't posted yet today, but I'll post about our clinic. Or I, their last post was about a bo- a puppy that we found in a box, and we uh, a woman offered to foster it for for us, and um, and she's already fallen in love and adopted the puppy. So we're all grinning <laughs> ear to ear. <laughs> we're like, yes, one more down. So. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things that that we we do that are are different. Or we take people have to move; they can't take their dogs. We'll find homes for them. Um, you know, anything that need, is needed. And I have friends in the community who I just fill up a bag full of tick and flea meds and dewormer, and they carry it around. And when they see dogs who need it, they dish it out. And so it's nice. spreading. Yeah. Yeah, so, I Allison, love what you're doing. Yeah. Suppose we've got somebody listening who says, I don't have any money to give and I cannot volunteer any more time. How can they help? You know, they can spread the word. 
They can say, you know, they can tell their friends to go to, you know, the Isla Animals Facebook page, or they can tell them to go to islaanimals.org and see what's going on and how uh, how people are working hard to help and to change things. Spreading the word and keeping keeping the interest on the on the top level of of communication is it's a really important way to keep people involved and aware of what's going on. You know, there's there's tons of ways to help. I okay. agree. Um, Jennifer, do you have doing. any more? <laughs> That's <laughs> what we're here for. That is exactly yeah. what we're here for. And it will yeah. take a little while for the show to archive. And when it does, I will share it with you. And then oh, you can fabulous. The show. Oh, um, Jennifer, do you, you have so any much. more questions before we say goodnight? All I would love to say is that um, someday I want to be, I want to come visit you. Um, as soon as we get funding for traveling, and I would love to do some kind of um, video, um, promotional video for you, so that you can use it to share on social media and stuff. So someday I'm going to come. <laughs> oh, that'd be wonderful. That'd be wonderful. Will you let me we know? Can... We'll. Uh, I'll feed you well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, every every Monday at nine o'clock Eastern Time and at three o'clock Eastern Time, we have what we call Manifest with Mary, and that's when we all get together on Zoom. Um, are you familiar with the Zoom conferencing call? Um, I am a um, just uh, sort of challenged when it comes to a lot of this stuff. That's, that's all right. <laughs> But um, what we do, I, I post it, we post it on our Facebook page and other social media that we're doing it. And we just get together as many people as possible because um, even though we're not necessarily a religious group, we still quote scripture from time to time. And we know that if you knock, the door will open. If you ask, you're going to get what you ask for. So we manifest things like this. So it will uh-huh. not be long before you're going to see Mary and Jennifer and the crew <laughs> down on Isla Mujeres taking video and spreading the word even farther. Oh, that would be wonderful. There's so much to do. That would just be fantastic. Thank okay. you. Hey, I'm already pushing it out into the universe. It's going. It's already happening. The wheels are getting put in motion, and before you know it, it's a reality. Oh, I love it. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> I hate to say this, but we are out of time. Oh, that's and too bad. I've so enjoyed I know. this. This has been amazing. I really, really enjoyed talking with you. Um, yes. I learned so much. And, You're wonderful. Uh, we, we will get the article in the December issue, so there will be another little outreach that way as well. That's wonderful. We'll stay in touch. And uh, anytime okay. you want to call me 12 hours before we're supposed to talk, you feel right, go right ahead. <laughs> she was so eager for tonight's show, she called me early this morning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I just threw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. 
<laughs> I saw it was 9 a.m. <laughs> and you know yeah, what? I better check was... my email. I may have said 9 a.m. I better check that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> no, we, we made it. And, and we end the show on laughter, which is the best way. And I'm going way. to say goodnight, and I have a little button I have to click that will dance us right out of here. We actually, the music is called Playing with the Chickens which I think is really cool. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. You are very welcome. Thank you for listening this evening. We're happy you chose to spend this time with us, and we hope you learned as much as we did. Be sure to come back the first and third Thursday of each month for more exciting guests. And if you'd like us to invite you or someone you know to speak right here, just go to beunique.org and contact us there. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org.